Wake up, Lincoln. Come on, it's 6 o'clock. Rise and shine. Rise and shine. It's time for Early Break with Sip and Jake. Brought to you by Gaina Trucking. Live from the Copple Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Here's 93.7 at tickets, Jake Sorensen. Did seem kind of meh. And Steve Sipple. Surprisingly good. This is Early Break with Sip and Jake. Sponsored by Gaina Trucking. Good morning, happy Wednesday to you, Steve Sipple, Jake Sorensen, early break, full show ahead, couple guests today, Sip, Sean Callahan as usual at 625, and at 7 o'clock, a special guest, Barney Cotton joins us via phone today, talking all things Richie Incognito, maybe some more things about his thoughts on this year's team, possibly, and more. I, uh, I thought it might be a good idea to have Barney on, Jake, sure. because he was that Richie I'm not going to burn up the interview here don't, but please don't Richie Jeez Incognito there's a game there's a game where Richie in Barney's eyes played a better game than any offensive lineman he's coached played um, and we, we're going to talk about that um, and, and, and Barney coached Richie for just one year Jake two, 2003 but, you know, Richie's sort of notorious. Barney had zero problems with him hmm. that year. But we'll hear his thoughts on Richie yeah. and, and Richie, stories from there. Richie that year had no personal fouls. He went through an entire season with zero personal fouls. So it's a pretty it's pretty interesting listening to Barney. And it's pretty interesting that whole Alamo Bowl. I don't know if you remember the dust-up between the teams leading up to the Alamo Bowl. Um, Michigan State, yeah, in two thousand three. The, yeah, there the was dust up. there was a dust. I remember up the game at a team event that was had a, like for instance, a Michigan State player had a had a chair over his head walking towards Jamal <laughs> Lord. Right. Yeah, and that was the impetus to Richie playing the best game Whoa. of his college career, uh, the best game Barney's ever seen. And NFL scouts called Barney and said, "We've never seen a lineman play that well," and Richie turned to Barney that day that night it was at a team event both teams were there families were there everybody's there it turned into a near brawl and and Richie turned to Barney and said it's on who would know in the future they'd be conference foes right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. set up conference yeah. foes for the rest of the time yeah so we'll talk about all that at Barney seven. Cotton at 7 a.m today yeah Barney's retired Living in Elkhorn, he had you know he had a heart transplant. I, I did know that in 2019, but he's uh, he's God, he's in great. He's really in good shape. Probably better shape than me. Huh. Maybe I need a heart transplant. Maybe, um, I, but, would, <laughs> I wouldn't recommend that. But. All right, all right, let's talk. Well, hang, it's a good hang, subject. On, hang on, hang on. Well, there is some there is some news overnight oh, we'd like news, to yes. break into. Uh, Vin Scully, the longtime excellent broadcaster for the L.A. Dodgers, passed away last night at age 94. When I think of Vin Scoy, I think of unique. I mean, uh, he, yeah, he's like a. His voice is like you know how we talk about bands when you know you can just tell a band within a millisecond, uh, like the Cars. You don't. Oh yeah. You, you literally the know sound. within a millisecond what band Cars is or Petty, or Boston. They're all distinct, and that's how Scully was, right? You knew 
his voice was incredibly unique, right? And his delivery was incredibly unique, and he was a Dodger. Oh, he's just an incredible, yeah, an incredible, probably the best storyteller of all time for a broadcaster. I mean, there, there's, if there is ever a Mount Rushmore of broadcasters, I don't think he's off of anybody's Mount Rushmore. He was that good for so long, and even as he got older and older, he was still very, very sharp and entertaining. You're, so. you're a broadcaster, like a broadcasting major, right? Yes. Did, did they encourage you to study Finn Scully? Well, I don't think they, you know, we didn't really go into play-by-play a lot in terms of who to study, but but yeah, I mean, the, when you turn, talk about the icons of the game and the guys who've done it the best, there's no doubt that he was one of those guys. Yeah, he would be more influential on you than me because I'm not a broadcaster. He was in the booth for six decades. <laughs> six decades. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, so, uh, 94 years old, uh, Vince Scully passed away last night. We can talk about that later. We too. will. Four six four five six eight five. Call or text as always. I want to talk about this upcoming season for Nebraska football because. I think a lot of people are expecting them to do something they have not done yet in the Scott Frost era. And I want to know if I, if you are feeling the same way as a fan base or if you are tentative about this potentially happening. Sip, Nebraska has not won three straight games ever in the Scott Frost era. They are 15-29. and 29. They've had a two-game win streak, I believe, a couple times. But they have never won three straight games. However... The first three games, I think a lot of people are expecting them to to win. Northwestern in Dublin, North Dakota, Georgia Southern. I want to ask you this. Are, are, are you guys, are the fans, are you expecting Nebraska to, to start the season with the first three-game win streak of Scott Frost's career at Nebraska? Or are you expecting something to go wrong in these early three games? 464-5685. I want to know where the state of the fans is at. You know what's interesting about this conversation, if you look at at Nebraska, they've never, since 2018, Scott's first season, they haven't really been close. Now, I know what you're going to say. Last year, Sip, they won, they beat Fordham Buffalo and almost beat Oklahoma. Ah, uh, did they almost beat Oklahoma? No. Now, I mean, they were in the game. Yeah. But I have a hard time saying they almost beat Oklahoma. I agree. I mean, it was, it was a good game. Yeah. No, I wouldn't say they almost beat them, no. They acquitted themselves nicely in Norman. I'm not taken away from the performance. But did you ever – there wasn't really – after the extra point got blocked and Oklahoma returned it for two, mm-hmm. I thought uh, – That's probably it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now, you take all the momentum to get the touchdown and then you gave it right back. A second later. So, in eight, excuse me, in 2020, they weren't close to a three-game winning streak, nor were they in 219. In 218, they were. 2018, they were. 2020, I mean, 2020 was the most frustrating, I think, because they they had a nice win against Penn State, right? Nice win. They did. Nice win. They did. Nice win. And then followed it with just a clunker of all clunkers. Against Illinois? Yeah. Yeah. He thought, okay, build momentum off that. And no, they just got waylaid. What I would regard almost as a nightmarish game against Illinois. Yeah. Nightmarish. You kept waiting for something to turn, and it never happened. Gray day. Very gray day. No people in the stands. Illinois 
kind of gets up and you're just like, okay, what is it? When's Nebraska going to yep. make the move? When are they going to make the big move? And it never really came, right? Nebraska had a really early fumble in that game. Yeah. On a screen, our lateral. Yeah. I think it was some kind of pass. weird McCaffrey it was, play. Yep. It was, a, it was a McCaffrey play. You were correct. Yeah. And then later that year, Remember, they won at Purdue, and it was a pretty good win, 37-27. Mm-hmm. It was yes, a good they win. they played well that game. And you thought maybe they had some momentum. And then nightmare number two came, Minnesota in Lincoln. One of the worst play-calling games you'll see. With 35 guys out with COVID plus injuries and a team that couldn't stop the run in general, Nebraska chose to not run the football. Scott's first year, they twice almost had three-game three win streaks. Um, beat Minnesota, beat Bethune Cookman, mm-hmm. and almost beat Ohio State, and then and then after the loss to Ohio State, beat Illinois, beat Michigan State, and then narrowly beat Iowa. That was the game where Iowa yep. completed the late pass to T.J. Hawkinson. That's right. And then Iowa kicked a field goal to win it. But since since then, they haven't really been close. And and Scott has emphasized has emphasized that I've, we've said this about seven times. Well because of this conversation, we'll do it again. He wants to see what the program looks like if it gets momentum. What well, hasn't happened yet. So, yeah. I'm, now it could happen, well, though. Think, think about what that means. You, you, your first three games, you could have the longest win streak of his entire era here. Heading into the Oklahoma game, if you win that game, I mean, Indiana, Illinois, Purdue. I mean, you've got, you've got a stretch. Or Sorry, Rutgers in there, too. You've got a stretch of yeah, – Hold on. Winnable hold, games. Hold on, Sparky. We got to stretch a winnable. If they don't games. win the first three, yeah, then would the, is there would they be in position? They won't be in a better position to have a three game win streak. No, if they the, don't no win this the first is three. the best position they could possibly be in. The first three, as <laughs> and that's usually the case. I mean, that usually their yeah, first yeah, three yeah, games yeah, with yeah. non conference are going to be in general your your easiest games your your best chance for a three game win streak. But if you're a Nebraska fan, you really this is a good conversation. It really is. Because you want to see what it looks like with some momentum. Because he hasn't gotten it. Year 5, he's really frost. Really hasn't enjoyed a run of momentum, right? Now, serious momentum would be Win at Northwestern, win the next two, then beat Oklahoma. Then you got serious momentum. Absolutely. And then what does that look like? What does that look like? This season's got could have it all, by the way. You might see what it looks like if they have momentum. How do they respond to success? Now, it's going to have it all because you know there's going to be adversity. The schedule's too tough. How do they respond to adversity? How do they get through in in, potential injury issues? This season's going to have it all, and Scott's going to be judged on it all. This feels like a season where they'll have it all. The hell, they're going to Dublin. I mean, there's a lot to judge him on, right? Yes. I mean, okay, okay, Mr. CEO, you're taking your team to Dublin. You got to manage that situation. You know, that's a. Are you going to get outmanaged? I mean, are you, who's going to have the advantage? Who's going to handle that the best? It's a big question. The, the, you know what? When you're leading an organization and against another organization, this trip can be kind of telling because you have to have your players ready to go mentally. And that might involve like Barry Alvarez was talking. They went they went on an they went overseas 
Wisconsin in the 90, I think it was 1995. Now you got to look where they went. But Barry talked at Big Ten Media Days about how they had strategies. Like, for instance, when they flew over to where they were flying, it was a long flight. He instructed his guys, do not sleep. Hmm. Do not sleep. Yeah. Because we're going to sleep when we get there. We want, we want our clocks a certain way. And that we don't want you sleeping on the plane. They will. And then we'll have the advantage. It's things like that. Mm-hmm. It was things like, yeah, Gus, look up where Wisconsin played in 1995. They played an overseas trip. I think it was 95. Check that out. And then Barry also talked about the food, um, that, that they were careful. I mean, they were very, very selective what they were, what they were eating. Um, and he thought that they, if nothing else – it sort of gave Wisconsin a mental advantage that, you know, they were they were throwing at the players all this, you know, all these, I'll call them tactics of preparation, and that the, the, the idea was the idea was the opponent wouldn't have those. And I think it was Michigan State, by the way. Um, Not 95. Okay, seeing. okay. Um, whenever it was, yeah, check 205. I, I got yeah. Um, the, the bottom line is, this is a big game for a CEO type of coach because you have to manage this enormous trip. And by the way, you're playing somebody who's managing yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. And if Northwestern wins it, part of the reason will be because they manage the trip better, right? That, it's, I mean, this is a big one for, for, for Scott in a lot of ways. Are you, are, they went to Hawaii in 20, 2005. Does that yeah, count? I don't think that's what it is. Well, no, that's a long that's that a big might time be, Yeah, that might they, be they what it is. November 25th. 2005, they played at at Hawaii and won Who'd they by play? 17. Hawaii. Oh, well, <laughs> no, it wasn't that because they played. I think they. they okay. Anyway, well, well that, I'll figure it that out. That season they did travel yeah, you know, this, a long ways. So, yeah, what. Remember, remember. Scott, the, re, the impetus. The impetus of Scott trying to get out of the Oklahoma game last year was we want to see what it looks like if we get a win streak going. And. He didn't think that would, you know, the Oklahoma game wouldn't afford him that opportunity. He was right. They played Hawaii in, in, in what, what year is that? 96? Maybe also, that's and it. And 05. They played him yeah, 05 Maybe that's too. it. I'll have to look back. But Scott, the whole impetus to him trying to get out of that Oklahoma game, which is well documented, thank you, Gus, which is well documented, was he wanted to see what the program looked like with momentum. They got, he wanted moment, momentum, wind underneath its wings, wind underneath its wings. That was his theme. And it made sense. Now, year five, I think we finally could get that chance. But that means beating Oklahoma to me. It doesn't mean winning the first three. Well, it starts with the first three well, though, because they haven't done it yet. Right. Right. <laughs> it's sad that we're entering the fifth year of a head coach and they haven't had a three-game win streak but, yet, but that's where you're at. And you can change a lot of that by, by beating Northwestern and not stubbing your toe against North Dakota or Georgia Southern. Yeah, I'm getting hammered right now by William on a text line. They went to Tokyo. Wisconsin went to Tokyo to play Michigan State. Okay. Yeah. They went to Tokyo to play Michigan State. And Barry had a lot of a lot of things in place that were tactical. I mean, he did re they did research on it. In fact, they had guy their guys wear sunglasses at times. Hmm. Um at certain times before they left to get ready for the uh, whatever. Um it was Barry went through a pretty long spiel about it. Now, will Scott have his guys ready like that? Will he have some ideas 
of how to handle this overseas travel. Yeah, I hope you know that could be tactical. In those who have done it well. Yeah, that's exactly that's the goal. Four six four five six eight five. Call or text as always. Again, the question is: Nebraska has not had a three game win streak under Scott Frost as he enters his fifth year. How confident are you? Do you believe they will be three and zero? With their first three games against Northwestern and Dublin, and then home games against North Dakota and Georgia Southern, or do you believe they will stub their toe in one of those games and not get their first three-game win streak heading into the Oklahoma game? I still think that a, a serious wind underneath its wings has beaten Oklahoma for four. Oh, yes, but there is wind beneath your wings for the, for being three and zero for the first time in the history of Scott Frost at Nebraska. Sure, but um, yeah, no doubt Oklahoma changed that. Should we get a call from Chris? Yeah, Chris, you're on the Honda of Lincoln Hotline four six four five six eight five. Chris, you're on early break. Go ahead. Good morning, Steve Jake. How are you guys this morning? I'm I'm doing fine. Before Hello, we Chris. get in, Chris, before we get into this, it was um the nineteen ninety three. The Badgers uh, beat Michigan State in Tokyo. Uh, so there you go. Go. What do you got on your mind, Christopher? Well, yeah, Jake's uh, subject this morning. The the first three games. You, you guys, come on. Let's face it; those are not three. Those are three not very good teams. Uh, if we're not three and zero going into that Oklahoma game, we're probably in. We're probably in a little trouble this year. Um, and you know, Steve, Jake, I, I fully expect us to be three and zero going into Oklahoma. And and, and let, let's face it; I think Oklahoma's a little vulnerable this year. Um, we've all talked about this, uh, you know, that people think we could pos- we could win that game. And, and uh, uh, you know, we'll find out uh, the 17th or whenever that is. But, boy, if, if we're not going three, if we're not three and old going into that game with, with three teams that were, I believe, a combined 11 and 24 or 11 and 25 last year, uh, uh, like I said, we're in trouble. Uh, but, you know, you talk about Jake, three game win streaks <laughs> that we haven't had any yeah. hey look where we're at right now we're, we haven't won a football game I don't believe guys might check me on this since the first week of October we're on a six game losing streak right now yeah it was Northwestern yeah it was you're right it was October 2 of last year 56 to 7 you're right I mean that they haven't won yeah. since then yeah, Steve. Uh, you know, so so here we are uh, entering another season on on a big losing streak. Uh, you guys, I, I don't know. I think you know. You, you talk about Scott and a three game winning streak, but but uh, I, boy, you know, I don't I don't know. I, Scott, he's he uh, he's going to get. He's got this other year, um, and I'm still concerned about what he has to win this year. Uh, I read an article, Steve Jake, out of the Los Angeles Times, and and Steve, remember we were, when we were bringing up UCLA and USC in the conference, we we said that Chip Kelly had had a rough time out there in his first four years, and the last year he won eight and four. But this article out of the Los Angeles Times, and I forget who the writer was, uh, Hernandez, I think was his name. Okay. He said that Chip. Kelly's seat is, is, is pretty damn hot right now out there. Oh boy. And it was interesting to know his contract. They, they, uh, they did a, a, a four-year renewal on his contract, but if he is coaching in, through this whole year, 
up till like, I think the date was like December 15th, the way I read it. And then UCLA fires him. Uh, they don't have, they, they don't owe him a cent. They don't owe him a penny, oh, which was really interesting on that contract. And, and it says that the thought here is by the UCLA brass, they do not want to go into the big 10 here in a couple of years, looking like, looking like the Rutgers of the West and Steve Jake. When I saw the Rutgers of the West, I was just glad they didn't throw our name on that mm. instead of Rutgers. So, but anyway, guys, hey, listen, it, it, it's a good topic, and and you know what? In about in about six weeks, all those answers about those first three games are are, mm. are going to be answered. So uh, uh, it's coming up fast, and we'll know a lot more, you guys, after after those first two, three, four games for sure. But, hey, Steve, Jake, great show, great subject as usual. I'm going to hang up and listen. Thanks for the call, Chris. Okay, Um, one thing, cleanup. we got to do some cleanup. That game, Wisconsin and Michigan State, was in Tokyo on December 5th of 1993. And and with the win – Wisconsin went to the Rose Bowl for the first time in 31 years. So it was a huge game. That was a big game. Of, yeah. In Tokyo, of all places. Meant a lot. Yeah. And Barry pre- pre- had his team prepared very well. I mean, he consulted. Oh, there was – he did some things that astronauts had done. Um, wow. He had looked at – he had had his staff look into some things that astronauts have done. Now, I got it. I got it. But I got it. This whole topic, I know what you're going to say, but I – I still say this. Sometimes I think I have more faith in players and student athletes than a lot of people. I don't I'm not in the camp necessarily that says if they lose one of the first 3 the season's over. Mm. See, I don't I give kids more credit than that. Well, that's great. Why can't they lose one of those games and then get on a run? Well, they can. Last year, they played Illinois to begin the season, which was a winnable game on the road, and they did that, not that, get There's no run. evidence that suggests it can happen, but this Correct. is a new year. I guess it could be an outlier. Yeah, this is a here. new. This is a new year with a lot of new faces. Now, can't can't you swing that conversation to okay? It's new faces. You wonder about chemistry, but it's also new faces. A lot of these faces had nothing to do with what's happened a at Nebraska. A lot of them did, but a lot of them did though. A lot of them didn't, but a lot of them did. Correct. Right. But a lot of them didn't. And the guys that didn't are a quarterback, a place kicker, and a punter. Sure. Okay. Can't deny that. Yeah. I mean, and an offensive coordinator. I mean, that's three. I mean, there's some big and a a special teams coordinator. I hope you're right. I hope that that matters a lot if they have an an early stumble out there and that they, they they don't just. Why, why do we? Yeah, why do we have this conversation? If they win one of their first, or they lose one of their first three games, excuse me, lose, season's over. Well, it's don't be, you no, got to mm, give humans more it's, credit it's than because that? Because we just laid out that is by far and away their easiest three game stretch of the season. Well, I get they it. I never know, won I know three all straight that. games under, the, under Scott Frost, and if you want things to change for the better. That's a big reason in doing so. A big well, way to do so. Obviously, but I need. Is it just because? Of what you always say, you are beaten down. Nebraska, Nebraska fans, are, fans down. are beaten down to a pulp right now. Right, but the kids aren't necessarily. Now some of them are, but there's a lot of new faces that don't. They have no, no familiarity with what with what happened, and nor do they care what happened in the past. Casey Thompson, for instance, why would he care? It didn't affect him. I mean, he. 
See, I and even if it weren't, even if there weren't a lot of new faces, I still say it's a new season. Can't you come back from a bad loss? Teams do it all the time, Jake. They, they do, do it all the time. Uh, those teams aren't always coming off of five straight years of no bulls. True. And I, you can say all you want, but that doesn't matter. I mean, it matters. It matters. This is a new season. There's new faces, absolutely. But this program is mired in some issues right now. The three, the, past. the three positions that touch the ball quite a bit, the most. Kicker. Well, I mean, that that can determine late game outcomes, for instance. We're talking about close game season here. It's going to be, if you know, the conversation I always have with people is, hey, Sip, how do you think they're going to be? You think they can win seven or eight? Well, what's the, what is the stock answer you give? Well, they got to win some close games. They're going to have to win some close games, which means they're going to have to quarter a quarterback. The quarterback's going to have to perform in the clutch. New quarterback, old quarterback didn't perform in the clutch. Connor Culp didn't perform in the clutch. Punter didn't perform in the clutch. You have three new you have three new faces in those positions. Isn't that a lot right there? You have a play caller who's talked about what you need to do in the clutch. That they're emphasizing it. Whipple has talked on the radio about it. Specifics. He gave specifics. You got to know the kids. Got to know what the how far exactly you need to go for a first down, so you don't come up six inches short. Yep. You need to know. You need to teach those guys about how to utilize the clock late. It just doesn't happen. It's got to be. In, it's got to be something that's taught. Absolutely. Now you have a sixty-five-year-old steady hand in there, who's who's who probably can do that, and Scott can better focus on that because he doesn't have his head in the play sheet. Right, he can manage the game. Now, maybe all that adds up to how about three or four close wins instead of a bunch of close losses. That'd be extremely helpful, and uh, <laughs> just saying for the for the sake of the fan base, our mental health, our belief, our hope, our faith in what's going on here. Yeah, I I just am really interested in that sort of defeatist, dark alley that you go down that well, if they lose one game early it's over because of Come the fact on. they have missed five straight bowl I get games. it I get it I there's know every that. reason to go down the alley you're an eternal optimist I'm happy about that it's great I'm not I'm not even an internal optimist I just don't like see the world that way like oh god they lost to Northwestern well, think, it's over think about the how things are change if they do go three you know think about this place if we haven't yeah, we have well, not experienced that in, since 2016, yeah, nice. it's the last time they won their first and, three games and, of the season. And then the energy in that stadium for Oklahoma. Absolutely. Was, was right. Great. That changes everything. Right. Everything. Yeah, it does. Two and one going in. Yeah. I mean, there's still buzz. There's still excitement, but it's not uh, three and oh. But, uh, oh would there be? Let's see what this can do for our season. What can this do for us to get us over the hump? Three mm-hmm. and I mean, three and one is still a big win. No matter, no, and that, and that, could, that could erase an early loss. But the I think the doubt creeps in. Oh, I know. No, I am not. I'm not an idiot. I mean, if you lose to North Dakota, it's trouble. I mean, I get that. Yeah, or Northwestern, which is probably not that much better. North Dakota. Um, the that's disagree with that. I, I, I I get it. I get that it's trouble, but it's more okay. Here's here's a thought for you, Jake. I'm listening. Does it sometimes feel that when we say it's trouble? It's more trouble for you, and it's more trouble for the fan base than it is for the kids. I don't know. I can't speak for the kids. I, I think we react like, oh, God, the world's caving in, but I'm not sure the players do, especially this year. 
Like, they still have a whole season ahead. And it's a bunch of new guys and their kids. They're still going to play. We're, gonna, we're not going to. We're going to go into a funk. We're going <laughs> to nosedive. Yeah, yeah we're going to yeah. nosedive as a show, as a fan base. But I don't think in the program they do necessarily. Now, they feed off. Well, I hope they don't go into a hole. Uh, they, they lose feed off our energy. You, you saw Garrett Nelson's comments where I, the campus has been rough. You know, I, I, we should. We, did you do you know what comments I'm talking about? Garrett said like there was a there was a class that a bunch of football players were in, and the the professor like trolled Adrian, and Adrian was in the class. Mm. Garrett said it gets really rough on campus. Campus tour guides are dissing the team. Um, it, he says it, it's really the, – the energy gets really negative. Well, right. you, you can change that yourselves by winning some games. I get it. I get it. I, I, hope, yeah, I'm I not, hope that's very clear and aware with that team. I'm not playing a little violin for him, and I don't think he was playing a little violin, but you know what I'm saying? I'm just but, what I'm saying is to get three. But just because you're nose diving doesn't mean that Casey Thompson's nose diving. Well, I'm sure I, I hope that the team doesn't operate the way the fans do, unless it's inhalation with happiness after a three and zero start, where you can build on that. But we'll see how it happens. Please, 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 God, win the first three games. Please win in, in Dublin. Yeah, we're going that's to Dublin. Yes. Well, that's all I know. We'll we're be there. Operation Dublin is on. It's close. It's coming. It's coming soon. Sean Callahan next on Early Break on the Ticket.